You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. And so I'm going to put these on so you can remember and be think, if nothing else, you remember these pair of glasses. But we talked about God's vision being like a lens, a lens we see the world. Does anyone know when you put, I'm not going to put these on because that's a bit, that's a bit, that's, that's ego musician there. Actually, I will for a second. Let's do that. So feel free to get a photo because they look pretty cool. Um, but do you know how you look at clear water? Sometimes you put these on and you can see into the water. They bring clarity, the Polaroids. Um, obviously, goggles do that as well. And so this focus, we talked about putting on glasses and seeing the world like Jesus sees it. So you can see, I love this picture. It's all blurry around the edges. But these glasses put clarity around it. And I want to tell you a little bit about my week in terms of these glasses. Let me, um, but I guess, I, well, first I want to tell you what the, the prayer behind it was. This word was behind it. it all, through the, all through the Cultivating Community series, I felt this saying, just rest upon me, captivate me, Lord. Captivate me, Lord. And I believe as a pastor of a church, I felt like it was a prayer for our church as well in this season. Captivate us, Lord. What do I mean? Well, I want to spend the next 25 minutes talking about what I mean. A simplistic sermon almost this week, but I feel like it's crucial for our next season as a church. Captivate us, Lord. Let me tell you a little bit about my week to help explain this. Tuesday night, two weeks ago technically, I was watching TV and I heard a sound like rushing water. It wasn't one of the kids getting a drink. It was our tap exploding underneath our sink, exploding and flooding the bathroom with water. So I quickly woke Mez up. She was stoked. Um, quickly said, come have a look at this. She was even more stoked when she saw what was flooding. And we quickly ran outside and we're working through that and getting a mechanic. Uh, oh, not a mechanic. That's the next problem. I spoil alert, <laughs> getting a plumber. Then, a couple of days later, um, someone let our favourite cat out. Um, and, and it can get out, but it's not meant to be out after dinner. That person should have known that. Spoiler alert, it was me. Um, and it happens to be my wife's favourite cat. We had two, we now have one. She, they, they have a special relationship. She comes and sits with her all the time. And I let um, the cat out after dinner. And so I was, of course, a little bit in trouble especially because it didn't come back for four days. And so, so you can imagine each passing day, our marriage was... <laughs> on the fourth day. On the third day, actually, of the night of the third day, um, in our driveway, our old car, old territory, the wheel fell off. In the driveway. So, um, no joke, I'm not actually exaggerating. The wheel fell off. And so the wheels were literally falling off in the Gray family. Um, and we, called, we all sat outside and Noah was very excited. And you see some of this stuff, the cat leaking, the money all this stuff costs, looking at new cars or secondhand new cars, um, all money. And we all sat outside and had a bit of a fam some family time as we watched the tow truck take the territory away. Um, no, I was very excited. So I was, and then the cat did come back the next day. So praise God, um, marriage has been saved. <laughs> but I honestly, as I stood there, 
looking at the tow truck drive off with a territory on the back. I, on, honestly, and I don't speak, you know, if you know me, I don't speak a lot like this because um, it's not always the experience, but I felt a small whisper in here just go, don't let this captivate you. Captivate, be captivated by me. Steve, be captured by me. Don't ignore it. Obviously, we have to get a car. We need stuff like that, of course. But don't let it trap you. It said, let me captivate you. And I've got another slide there just after that of all that stuff in blur. They're still there on the screen. You can't see it that well, but they've been made almost t- just to the side. And there's the cross. And I really felt a sense of captivate. Let, let me captivate you. Let them fade away. Don't become a prisoner to these things because, yes, of course, deal with them, be wise, but don't lose focus in this busy, insane world we live in. Don't lose focus on the main thing. Don't lose you, your awe or your wonder for who God is. Not saying that these things made me happy. I wasn't walking around going, I'm stoked. I have to look for now a car in a inflated second-hand car market. I'm not happy about that, but it's not pretending, but maybe it's just not the main thing. Maybe there's more things going on in life that are way more important, that are worth being captivated by. Does anyone resonate with that? You might, your car might not have broken down this week, but does anyone resonate with just the world at the moment and maybe you've lost focus at times? Yeah, you put your hand up, that's all right. So, yeah, there we go. I sound like a teacher then, do it. You can see me after class. No, no. We end up, we're captivated. I love the way Paul says it in Ephesians 3. This is the main scripture. I just want to explore this morning for the next little bit. This is a scripture that's come along as I've had this word, captivate us, Lord, in this season. Captivate Burley Heads Church of Christ. Refocus us. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. Now the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I've written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. Paul talking about a vision he has. A mission he has, it's been given to him which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, so it's a generational vision, as it's been now revealed to the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs. So he has this vision of unity, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. He continues, of this gospel, I have been made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, through I am very least of all the saints. Humility there in Paul, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring light for everyone. What is a plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things? So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God may now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have the boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, 
which is your glory. A lot to unpack in this morning. We're not unpacking all of it. But I did want to concentrate, although all of it is awesome, and I encourage you to unpack it during the week. I love this line. This line is what kind of met me as I've been thinking about this, captivate us, Lord. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. There are two reasons Paul is saying this. He's kind of making a little bit of a joke. Or he's being clever here because there's two meanings to him saying he's a prisoner. One, he's a literal prisoner. We know Paul wrote lots of books from prison. We know Paul is so focused, captivated by Christ that when he's in prison with one of his mates, Silas, they start singing worship songs. Not because they're delirious or crazy, but they see what God is doing. That is a phenomenal reminder to any of us who feels like a guitar out of tune, an aircon not cold enough, a song we don't like. If we can't sing worship in prison, this is a side note, let's reflect on Paul who was happy to sing in a very ancient jail that was infested and dirty and it feared his life and he was still able to sing. We can worship God anywhere if we're focused, if, we're ca- if we let him. We have access to him. Let him captivate us afresh. Love that. Second thing is he's not just talking about being a literal prisoner. He is saying his life has been captivated by this mission, by this vision. Such a funny way to say it, but it's such a beautiful way to say it. He's trapped by it. It's so wonderfully beautiful that his whole life is given up. Just captivate it. It's what's in his focus. It's not jail. It's not the snake bite. It's not the shipwreck, if you know his story. It's not the torture. He's captivated by this good and beautiful God and his vision. He's comparing himself and saying, there's so many things in life we can be prisoners to. But for Paul, he chooses to be prisoner of Christ Jesus. He's a willing participant. I love this. I love that it's a little bit prickly, being a prisoner of Christ Jesus. During this series over the next few weeks, Lent, I'm going to talk more about that in a moment, this approach to the cross. That's my heart for this whole month is that this church, and we'll talk more about this, would just sit, reflect, and ask God to captivate them afresh. To renew us in the busyness, in the car wrecks, in the missing cats, and refocus us. That's Paul's prayer, Paul's challenge, to take the other things that have made us prisoner. To explain this, I've used a very obscure reference. I'm asking a lot of the preachers this month to pull either a Christian song or a poem or just something that captivates them. And I'm going to use the only time you're ever going to use a preacher, use a Fleetwood Mac song, at the risk of getting in trouble. You can email me after because I think it actually says something. If you don't know who Fleetwood Mac is, this is who they are. Not Christians. Don't go listen to it. I'm not actually saying you should even, not saying their stuff's Christian at all. Please, that's not what I'm saying. But they have what is one of my most favourite songs and it's called The Chain. Does anyone know that song? I talk at least, um, thank you, Paul. I knew you'd be, I could count on you to know Fleetwood Mac and The Chain. And it's actually a horrible 
meaning. These, these guys um, have been known to kick each other on stage, punch each other in the face. They dated and married each other. They were addicted to different substances. They were an absolute wreck. De- again, not a Christian band. But they wrote this song because they'd actually get up on stage and got in the studio together and performed this song called The Chain because they admitted, even though they were some of the selfish, horrible people to each other, they still got up and made music because the music they made, they felt like was a chain. <laughs> was this beautiful chain they made that, that chained them together. Even though they say in interviews how much they hated each other, they're like, but we can't help it when we get in the studio we sound pretty cool. <laughs> and they do. They do sound pretty cool. And so they wrote this song, The Chain. The Chain Keeps Us Together. Even though they can't... St- you should read some of the funny stories on stage. Storming off, throwing mics at each other. Couldn't get on. Sounded like... I, don't know, I was going to say sound like an AGM. But no, it doesn't sound like an AGM. <laughs> Not here anymore. <laughs> but The Chain kept them together. You can also write me an email about that one. <laughs> don't know if you don't like that because they're not a Christian band. I don't know. If, but I found it a profound picture. Not to be held together by music. Not to be held together by that. But that idea that we can all be prisoners of something. That make us sacrifice everything. Because we're totally captivated by something good and beautiful. For them it was the music. For Paul it was Christ Jesus. Willingly captivated. And so I asked this question this morning to help us delve into what we might be captivated by. What were the people in Ephesus captivated by? Well, we know their main God was this. I want to show you their main God, Artemis. We're going to find, even though we think it's very primitive to have a statue and pray to a kind of a multiple pantheon of gods, and we're going to find that kind of primitive, it's really interesting what Artemis stands for. Artemis was the god of the hunt, but in Ephesus they adapted her and made her the hunt, fertility and family, and femininity, the female form. They made her those three things, so they come and worship her around those three things. And although I haven't been to an, uh, uh, even walked past an um, um, Artemis temple of late, isn't it funny those three things, the hunt first of all, I've got the glasses back up. The next one. How many people talk about the hustle of life? It's funny we use that word in this generation to explain hard work because hustle has kind of an illegal connotation. Almost we're doing dodgy things, almost like we're a prisoner to the work. We've got to hustle. A prisoner to our success. A prisoner to who people think we are, a prisoner to our workplace, a prisoner to our status, a prisoner. So we just always see, wake up, got to grind, and we've got to hustle. That's not at all what God wants for us. But we hear it all the time. We, I, absolutely fall into that, even pastors. There can actually be absolutely even some healthy, unhealthy church leadership, especially 270 churches on the Gold Coast. You can fall into a trap of it's about my brand, my name, my church, which is so gross, but it's easy to do. 
this work ethic. So all of a sudden, this ancient God doesn't sound so ancient. These may not relate to you, but please consider them and what you might be a prisoner. What is captivating your heart, your mind, your lens at the moment? Is it the hustle? Is it every dollar? Is it your status? Is it your workplace? Building your legacy? I'm not saying that's bad. Hard work's not bad, but is it just all here? It's all you can see. You can't stop and help like the Good Samaritan, stop and help someone that's hurt because you're on your way to the daily grind. Is it all you see? The next one is family. Again, this is a weird one to do because families are good, amen? But I, I admit, I confess to this unhealthily. I absolutely adore my family, but sometimes I let the idea of family and the kids' struggles and the things. So my daughter said some stuff to me this morning. It was shattering. She's telling me, shattering. She goes, gee, you're away a lot, Dad. And I'm still sitting there thinking about it because I've been away a little bit lately. But is it going to consume me? No, I'm not saying I don't do anything about it. I've got to adapt, be wise with my time, take a bit of that on. But is it consuming me? It's gone crazy with kids these days. With sport, like I think um, I saw a show recently. I was laughing about like coach. Their kids' coaches have coaches who have coaches. It's all so competitive. Everyone comparing social media, what are your kids getting? Oh, the grades aren't there. Oh, the academic, all the sporting achievements aren't there. When did that become about kids? The kids and then, then starting a family, starting the fertility. I am sensitive around this because there are multiple people in this church that this is absolutely captivating them. So I say that not as a, I'm sensitive around that. It's huge. You think the hardest thing, we'll get to this, you think the hardest thing in life is going to be to find a partner. Then you find a partner and then you realise that was just the first step of the hard things. (laughs) So I'm not judging you if that's completely captivating your vision at the moment. But God wants something more. God gives you a choice to be a prisoner of something else. And then the last one, the female film is back to that singleness. Uh, how many single people do I meet say to me, I'll start doing God's will once I find my partner? That's not the idea. Start doing God's will now. Be captivated by him now. Singleness, your life partner. Marriages, it's hard work, but is it captivating you? Is it everything? Are you a prisoner to it? They're just three that Ephesus struggle with. There's a thousand more I could list. So if you don't reach that category, ask yourself the question now, what captivates you? Or what has captured you lately? Again, none of these things are evil. None of these things are bad to think about. None of these things are bad to reflect on except when they blind you completely and you're a prisoner to them. Do not feel judged, feel encouraged, that God has some ways to maybe just sit back and focus on him and let him be in control. Amen? What has captured you? For the people of Ephesus, it was Artemis. For us, thousands of things. I even even mentioned technology because that's normally the thing I talk about. So go listen to any of my other sermons (laughs) if you want to feel a bit convicted around technology. So I want to give us two ways 
to refocus in this season as we approach the cross. The first one is our monthly seasonal practice, what we've called Lent and letting go. If you are a bit triggered by the Catholicism of Lent, um, don't be. It's just a word for a season of approaching the cross. I'm not trying to make it a religious thing. I'm not, we're not going to have, we talked about this in small group this week in my small table. We're not going to have a who can, do the, who can give up the most contest. One of our ladies said in small group, she won't mind me sharing this, her and her sister had this competition where they even gave up food, first of all, for 40 hours or something. And then they, then they got to the stage where they outbid each other what they're giving up and end up giving up furniture. And their parents had a dinner party as kids and they were sitting there playing with just some string on the floor because <laughs> they'd given up everything else. And so the guests were looking over at these weird, strange kids just playing with string, not allowed to sit on the furniture for 40 hours. I don't want us to start going, I'm giving up. This is not a competition. God already loves you. It's not going to earn anything. The power of Lent and letting go in this season is in giving up things so you can focus more on what he's already doing. Amen? So is there something you're captivated by that giving up a meal a day, maybe, limiting yourself, maybe fasting for 40 days, or maybe giving up social media for 40 days, or maybe giving up the news for 40 days? Is it something you can do that every time you're hungry, every time you feel like you want to watch or scroll, you can say, no, God, I just want to pray and focus on you afresh. We um, put a lot of work into a whole booklet helping you practice Lent and letting go. We've got abstinence in there. If you want to abstain from something, if you want to let go of food, I suggest you see a doctor first. Don't just go try and do 40 days. It's not so, it's not a temper tantrum going, God, I'm not eating, I better get what I want. He's already there. It's about us refocusing on him and going, that's right, you were right there all the time. I just needed to clean my glasses. That's really important. It's not having a tantrum. Fine, I'm not eating till you speak. No, it's you've already spoken. How can I hear better? And so I'd encourage you to have a look through the verses. We've got a reading plan on the back. And how cool as a church, in our own little way, we all individually decided and discussed in our small tables what we might give up in order to be captivated by Christ. Does that make sense? Have a bit of a look. Have a discussion about it. Lent and letting go is my first way. And the second way is a bit more abstract, but I think even more powerful. I don't know if it's the Asbury thing lately, the revival. I don't know, but I'm hungry for God to do something new. Feeling starving. I'm feeling thirsty for God to move in some fresh ways. I feel like our world, lots of church pastor friends of mine are saying people are coming back to church all of a sudden in Feb. We found that here. I'm, I'm desperate for God to do something new and fresh and powerful. And I know talking to many of you are, you are too. 
I want God to captivate me afresh in this season. As we approach the cross, I want us him to wipe off the glasses, take away the territory, take away the stress and put him right at the centre and do something fresh in you. And that can only be done not by any type of clever sermon or not clever sermon. It only can be done through the Holy Spirit. I'm desperate for more Holy Spirit. And I'm not kind of embarrassed or afraid to talk like that to you guys. I'm hungry for it. This world is so confusing and exhausting and messy and captivating, needing to break through. So first thing I thought when I saw this, if you don't know what the Asbury thing is, come have a chat to me after. But the first thing I saw when I saw students, Gen Z, worshipping and praising God, I thought, it wasn't even like, gee, that would be cool if Burley had that. It was just like, please, bring, don't even have to bring that exact thing, but bring the Holy Spirit here. Make us more known. Not us more known, make him more known. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to pray and we're just going to sit for a moment and we're going to consider what might be holding us captive. If we need to pray with someone else, let's do that. But I'm going to start with Paul's prayer that he ends with and I'm going to explain it a little bit, but I'm going to get us to close our eyes and then we're just going to sit for a moment And I'm not praying just for today. It doesn't all have to happen between 9 and 10. We're going to praise and pray after. We're not going to go go too much longer. We've got stuff on today. But this month, this season, how incredible if God decided to refresh us, get us on our knees, and Burley Heads Church of Christ, we just all washed away. As these other things, as we sing, grow strangely dim. And Christ comes to the centre again. That's my prayer for this season for Burley. So we're going to have a bit more worship over this month. We're going to have a bit more readings over this month. We might have a bit of poetry. We might get crazy. And it's going to be a month of reflecting and asking that central question, what captivates us and is it Jesus? God, capture us. Let me pray. Why don't we stand? And I'm going to pray Paul's prayer here. And then afterwards, if you feel like you want to go pray with someone, please do. If you feel like you just want to sit, please do. And we'll just have a moment to process and ask God to capture us afresh. Paul says straight after, he says he's a prisoner. He says, for this reason... I kneel before the Father. Paul's already a Christian. He's not embarrassed to get on his knees. Kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you. You may think God doesn't have enough to recapture you. You may think he has too little to capture you. You may think he doesn't quite understand the extent of your prison, but he has enough power. He has enough presence. He has enough to meet you wherever you are. Glorious riches. He has enough. He 
He is enough to strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I love that. The only action we take is faith. We have to let him. We have to let him. Sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes we're so identity is so much in our woes and what we're struggling with, we don't want to let him take it away. It's kind of fun being cared for. It's kind of fun being looked after. And so when stuff's going on, we kind of get addicted to that, but we have to let that go. Put it to the side. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you may be rooted and established in love. You may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge. It is not. This is why I felt like ending here today because it's not about how much you know. We can go into the Greek. We can go, and we will, we can go into different things, but it's not a Bible study this morning. It's not a test at the end of heaven on a pop quiz on how much you know. It surpasses that, his love, his care, his captivating good and beautiful presence. That you may be filled, this is my prayer, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Spoiler alert, you can't fit all the fullness of God. So that's a prayer for overflow. (laughs) That's a prayer like the Gray's bathroom last Tuesday night. Overflow. Overflow. And you're thinking, you don't understand, Steve, and I don't. But you may be thinking, you don't understand God. You can possibly know what I'm going through. And this is what he says. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ask, than even all you could imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Father God, your spirit is already here. But we ask it to make itself known in this season. We ask us to put down the things that are distracting us, captivating us, and allow us to be captured by it. A prisoner, a willing prisoner of you because it is so good and beautiful. May we sing in prison. May we sing as we see cars towed off. Not because we're delirious or crazy, but because there is something far better, far deeper, far wider being built and done in us. What's holding us prisoner? Captivate me, Lord. Captivate this little pastor in the back of this little church in the back of Burley. Captivate me. Draw me in afresh.
and then captivate us. Father, this sermon isn't prepared for anyone personally, but Lord, I pray that you make these words personal. <laughs> I pray every one of us is hit thinking that this is written for them. <laughs> Invade us. Capture us. And like Paul, not just to capture us to attend church, but to capture us towards your mission. Paul couldn't stop letting Gentiles know. Paul couldn't stop letting people know that they are loved and they are part of the church. He was captured by it. Let us be captured by your mission. Let people know and see us and go, what on earth are you captured by? What's, what's your heart saying? You don't need to hear more from me, but I feel like we need something else before we just sing. So why don't we call out, if there is a prayer that you feel like you're praying right now, why don't you just call it out? Call out some things that God is saying and doing. And we can remain our eyes closed so we don't know who it is. <laughs> but why don't you call out?
I love that. Let me repeat that. Become more, less of me and more of you. That's Lent in a nutshell. A bit of less Maccas, a bit of less phone and TV and more of God. You're saying it beautifully, but you're on one side of the room, and so I'm just repeating it. But that prayer to not be overcome. not uh, uh, the, It says Satan comes to steal and destroy. There is something out there wanting to steal and destroy and hold you prisoner and overcome you. Know that so you can pray against it. Love it, captivated. May not be the Gentiles because, spoiler alert, we are the Gentiles. (laughs) But who's our next group that need to be included and loved? Mm. I'm going to ask the band to come up and I'll just... If you'd like prayer... This morning, I'll be down here. Uh, Mez, got Jono here. Um, really, you can go to anyone you know and trust. That's fine. We all can pray for each other. But if you want to come down, we can pray. And um, that's my prayer this season. If you're rocking up to church this month, that's what we're going to be. What well, should be what we're always on about. But that's what we're going to be on about this month as we head towards the cross, being truly and captivated by him and his vision and his mission afresh. Amen.